0: Pastor, is prayer is life's greatest time saver. Prayer is life's greatest time saver. You know, I found it really interesting. I read something that um, Pastor, uh, Pastor, President Trump wrote and said, he said, when I was a businessman, I just, automatically knew what to do he said since being in the White House I have got to depend upon God for everything I do every prayer I make everything I do I depend on him and so he is um, learning how to walk greater in the Holy Ghost and he should he's got enough Spirit-filled Word of Faith advisors that he has. So I'm waiting for him to um, talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said this nation will be a Christian nation, and uh, that's the truth. You know, Canada has said that they will uh, take anyone that we don't want, so let them all go to Canada. <laughs> Get out quick, please. Leave, (laughs) especially those Hollywood stars that said they were leaving. Please leave. Okay, the first one last week, remember, prayer is life's greatest time saver. If you pray about something, God's going to show you in his word what to do concerning the circumstance and the situation. Then you can just take his word, act upon it. And know that he has already gone ahead of you to fulfill it. And that's the exciting part. Um, I'm going to go ahead and... I'm just torn between this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and finish last week's and then go on with what the Lord shared with me this week. He's really been sharing about what's in your future, you know, and um, that happened in my life. I think when um, Buddy went to heaven, the Lord began um, sharing with me. He's in your future. He's he's. You'll see him again. He's in your future. Um, don't concern yourself about it. Of course, you have um, grief and things. So those of you that have loved ones or pets that have gone to be gone to heaven, gone on they're in your future, and know that they are walking on streets of gold and enjoying all the beauty that's in heaven. And we look at things in our lives right now, things that need to be changed. And so when we get to this, I have to. I'm, I'm, I just have to be led of the Spirit, okay? So we're going to go ahead and what um, Share first, the Lord share with me this week. We might not even get to next or last week's sermon. Um, When God, in the beginning, let's go back, let's go to Genesis. Father, in the name of Jesus, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I, I find it a privilege to be allowed to minister. You ministering through me to this great people that you love so much, this church that you care about so much, I find it a privilege. So I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you, Father, that this word, this seed, will fall on good ground, good soil. Whoever hears it, they will be hungry to hear the word. Not just hear the word, but do the word. And I praise you, and I thank you, and I glorify your holy name. And everyone said, amen, hallelujah. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And we see how God says it, and it's done. God speaks it, and it's done. His word, when it's spoken, the spoken word of God... When it's spoken, it has to come to pass. And so we see in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And the earth was, out, was without form. Excuse me, I have this whole mess up here. All right, there. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit moved upon the face of waters. And God said, chat, uh, verse 3... Let there be light. There was light. For God said. um, Wait a minute. And God said. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. That it was good. And God divided the light. From the darkness. And he called the the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning. Were the first day. Verse 6. God said. Let there be a firmament. In the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters and God made the firmament 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 <laughs> let's move on and verse 9 God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together under one place and let the dry land appear and it was so and we know what we're going to go on I just want the God says and um, verse 10 and God eleven i'm sorry god said let the earth bring forth grass herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so you notice he said yielding fruit after his after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so And verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And then God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in an open firmament of of heaven. You know, when God says things, he says, bring forth abundantly. (laughs) That's the way he sees things. Bring it forth abundantly. Hallelujah. And we see that verse 21, And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. Verse 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle. And he goes on. Verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and the fowl in the air and every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. 29, and God said, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every seed in which the fruit of of the tree yielding seed in it shall be for meat. And he says um, in verse 31, and God God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good. And the evening and the morning of the sixth day. And then we can get on and we see where God created woman. But when God looked upon the children of Israel, he saw them in the promised land. He looked at them. They were in captivity, but in his eyes he saw them in the promised land. And this is something that we need to realize as being born-again believers, that God sees us blessed. As he, he When he looks at us, he looks at, he looks at us as, as successful. He looks at us abundantly successful. When you read what God says about, about us and we read what Jesus said about us, he's, he does not look at us as failures. He says we are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus. We've been born again. We are a new creation. You are a new creation. You're a new creation. There is a song I want to sing, but pastor is probably going to have to help me. It's in Peter. Um, A holy nation. A peculiar people who has brought forth the what? How many can tell me what that what that says? Let's go there. How many know where it is? Look it up for me if you have that Arlene I'd appreciate it cuz this is not in my notes. I just love it when God says Pardon? Yeah, but where is it? First Peter two what, I'm sorry? Two nine. two nine. This is what he says about you. But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Think of this. You have been called out of darkness into light. So we have to change our thinking pattern to what God has spoken about us. He says that we are a holy people. We are a chosen people. This is talking about the believers. We can get excited about this. We are not failures. You know, we're not deplorable. (laughs) I want you to know that. We are God's created, recreated children. We are born again. Thank God. Our name is in the the book of life. And he has special things for each one of us that he has promised. And then he has... Things for every one of us that are promised. Amen? And so he sees us as his chosen people. He does not see failure. He sees us, like like Paul said, I press on, I strain on to the high calling. One thing I do, I forget the past and I press on, I strain forward to the high calling in Christ Jesus. He forgets the past. We have to forget the past and look at the future. Amen. And this is, this is probably, this could be your greatest year yet. If you proclaim it to me and you begin to operate as the word of God says to operate, and all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. So I want us to turn to Exodus if we can. When God looked upon the children of Israel, he saw them in the promised land of milk and honey. He spoke it. He said, this is where you're going and you are going to go there. One thing about it that we don't realize, he doesn't tell us all the things between the promise and the getting there. Okay? Because he wants us to build up our faith. And so, that's Exodus 3, 8. I'm grateful. I think we should rejoice this morning. Who we are. You know, put your shoulders back and... He says in um, "I am come down to verse eight, I have come down three eight Exodus, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place." of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is, Come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people the children of Israel out of Egypt, hallelujah. So he saw them not in bondage, but in the milk of honey. He saw them in the land of milk and honey. He saw them prosperous. He saw them in in the place that he had chosen for them. Well, we've gone through a lot of darkness in a lot of past years, and we're coming out of that. And we need to rejoice. God, I truly believe that there will be one last revival and we're in it. I remember this little old lady that, that I think I shared this last week, that went to the church we were born again in and she, you know, she, God would show her things. And she said there will be a Christian in office when the rapture takes place. And we need to be prepared. We need to be ready every day. Uh, Exodus 3.17. Okay. And I have, said, I, will, I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt under the land of the Canaanites, Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Parasites, and whatever, unto the land flowing with milk, and honey. And, honey. and they were shaken, and, and they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the heavens have met with us, and now... Let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord God. Well, you know all the problems they had. The enemy just got angrier and angrier, but they did get out. When they got out, they walked out of Egypt with all the silver, all the gold, all the jewelry, all the good stuff. And there was not one feeble among them. Have you ever heard of slaves going and asking their masters for their gold, silver, and everything they had? This is God's way. Get ready. God is ready to bless us. If we will just let him and get our minds on the promises that he's made to us and get rid of the mindset of poverty. If you have a poverty mindset, you need to get into the scriptures on prosperity and read what God has said. And if the enemy has stolen from you, you need to look at the amount of money that he's stolen and ram it down his throat and tell him, if you catch a thief, the thief has to pay back seven times, and you owe me. And write down the number of what he owes you. And stand on the word and stand on your tithe and write the scriptures down on your envelope or on your checks. Praise you, Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Oh, wait, Exodus 33 3. I'm sorry. If you saw this messy paper that I wrote on, you, you'd go, oh, wow, how could she even read it? I wonder sometimes. Exodus 33. Uh, let's look at verse 1. And then the Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here you and the people whom I, whom you have brought from the land of Egypt to the land which I have sworn Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. I will send an angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanite, Amorite, Hittite, all these ites. go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not, but I will not, Go up among you, for you are a stiff-necked people, lest I destroy you all on the way. They had, what they did, they started murmuring, complaining, and getting out of the will of God. Um, Then he goes on to say over here, you know, he wanted to get rid of him. Moses said no, he stood in the gap for them. And in verse 18 of 33, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord God, before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me, and you, stand, you shall stand upon the rock, And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. Think about how glorious this must have been. I think about how big God's hands were. Okay. Now let's go to Deuteronomy. Pastor's going through the Bible this year. I won't ask him how far he is. When he goes through it, he just goes straight on through from the beginning to the end. Okay, Deuteronomy five six, and I hope this is right. She's seen me up in the middle of the night doing this. Okay. He goes on and starts telling them, um, Honey, can you turn this heater behind me down? And Moses called all Israel, thank you. And he said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statues and ordinances which I speak to your hearing this day, that you may learn them and heed and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made a covenant not only with our fathers, but with us. And we are, all of us here this day, the Lord spoke with, your face, with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of fire. And I stood between the Lord and you for the time to show you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire and went not up to the mount, he said. And then the Lord goes on to, in verse, what did I say? Six. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from house of bondage. It's amazing to me how many people, and it talks about this in Galatians, you know, God said to them, "What? what's wrong with you people? Why have you gone back? Why have you gone back to the old stuff? You know, once you're free, you're free. You know, there's nothing, there is nothing greater than to be free of something. You know, some whatever. I know the day that he delivered me from cigarettes, I was free. Just, I, there was such a freedom there. Three and a half packs a day is a lot of cigarettes. And, and uh, I just went and threw them out, but I had done it so many times on my own. But when God delivered me, it was over. When God delivers you, it's over. You are free. When we, some of the songs we, we sang this morning are so powerful when you look at the words. The blood, we're covered by that blood. Okay, let's look at Joshua 1. Of course, we know what happened um, with Moses. He he started, he got a little upset and started beating the rock. I thought, well, I probably would have beat the rock too with that group of people. I thank God for every one of you. Trust me, we've had had times when, um, things were really hard and, and I thank God for every one of you. You are the easiest sheep in the world. Pat yourself on the back and, and say, I'm an easy sheep. Do it, man. Believe it. That's a blessing. We have some friends that have just gone through a horrible church split. I mean horrible and I just I just cry for, for them. Been there, done that. Okay, you ready? Here's Joshua. After the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, this is chapter 1. Said to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses minister, Moses my servant is dead. Now rise, take his place, go up, go over this Jordan, you and this people in the land which I am giving them, the, them, giving to them, the Israelites, every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you, I promise as I promised Moses. And he goes on and he tells them, From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the, well, all the ites, On the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail or forsake you. Be strong, confident of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And then he goes on and he prepares Joshua, the leader. We've read part of it. But he says, But be strong and confident of good courage, for you will cause this people to inherit the land which I swore their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may, be, may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. That promise is for us also. Turn not to the left or the right, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law or the word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you and I, I'm going to say this to you from the Spirit of God this morning. Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is to every one of you. Think of this. Close your eyes if you need to. Have I not commanded you be strong, vigorous, and very courageous? Be not afraid, Neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's in us. How much more with you can you be than in a person? I want you to think about that. He's in us. The greater one indwells us. That is so powerful. We know they were, we, we know there were battles, but they kept on. They got off. They had a group that murmured and complained. And so the hole had to open up, suck them down. That was over. And so they had to go on for 40 years in that circle. But then God said, it's time. And what always amazes me is when they got to Jericho, you know, when they sent the spies to Jericho, And Rahab said to them, what took you so long? What took you so long? We have been afraid. We've known you're coming. What took you so long? Well, you know what? The enemy's been saying that and laughing. Well, guess what? A whole new group of people has risen up. I remember Brother Hagen saying that things would be bad. You better vote for the right president," he said. "A word of faith, remnant, praying will turn the thing around. Get ready for glorious times. You've got the word in you. If you've got the word in you, and you and you're you've got the Lord in you, you've got everything you need. Amen. And so they get there, and she's she, they. She hides them and, you know, she gets her whole, family, this, these walls come down but not hers. And they told her, put, put a cord out and you'll be safe. And she went on to be part of the, married one of the Israelites and it came, Jesus was out of, out of her lineage. But think about this. God doesn't look at your past. He's looking at your future. And that's powerful to me. He doesn't look at your, people will try to dig up your past. Just, that's not you anymore. That isn't you. You know, when, when if, if you ever have that happen, just say, that's not, you know what? That, that person died. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. So the first one, well, we're going back to last week. What is a valued heart? We know what that was. David was chosen. Number two, the Spirit of God equips us to do the will of God. How many believe that? The Spirit of God will equip you to do the will of God. So whatever he's called you to do in life, he will equip you to do it. Supernaturally equip you. But you've got to make sure that you're listening to him and in his word and listening to him, his voice, and do what he says to do. That's, that's, that's the big thing, okay? He, he equips us to do the will of God. He equipped David to go down there and kill the Philistine. And all David did was take his slingshot, picked up some rocks, threw it in the slingshot, and it killed the, the giant. And the rest of them ran away. I mean, that, that to me is hilarious. That's God. That's how God works. You know, you just, you need to realize that God has a, a protection around you when you're walking in him. And, you know, people might say things, whatever, just ignore it and speak what the word of God says over you. You know, years ago, they didn't like women preachers, trust me. You just have to move on and do what God tells you to do. So he will equip you. Number three, it's better to fear God than to be nine foot tall. <laughs> you know, here you need to, we need to fear God. This giant, here's this little David and he goes and kills this nine foot tall per, thing, person. i sorry, God, he's not a thing. Um, he, he feared God. He knew God. He knew God was on his side. If God be for me, the word of God says, who can be against you? And God is for you. Amen. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Amen. That's, you know, when you start quoting these things to God and you start and you believe them in your heart, what you're speaking the blessings start to come upon you like you you can't imagine, but you've got to get your mind to an to a place where you can see over the problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to see over the problem. You have to see past that over into your future, because they had they they were going to have to deal with these ites, Canaanites, Pesisites, parasites, whatever. They were going to deal with them, and they made it through. They, they got a little haughty in one of them and, and blew it and, and ended up having some people died over it because they just got a little bit prideful and figured that they could do whatever. And we have to keep in step with God. You don't get ahead of him. You keep in step with him. He's the Holy Spirit. He is your teacher, your helper, your guide, your comforter. So he's sent there to guide you and direct you and let him watch your mouth. Let Say, God, put a watch over my mouth. Amen? So we see David is really, as we saw last week, a picture of a greater chance, Uh, is a picture of the greater champion, Jesus Christ. You know, David was a champion, but Jesus is our greatest champion. And And that's why the Bible says greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus came as a man. He lived on earth as a man. He didn't live on earth as God. He lived on earth as a man. And he overcame every temptation. The Bible says that every temptation that man will ever go through was placed upon Jesus. The devil tried to tempt him with everything. Everything. There wasn't one thing that he didn't try to tempt him with. So when we think that we're the only ones going through something, realize that Jesus was tempted with the same temptation and he did not yield himself. How? through prayer, through the word. Every time the devil came at him, he came back at him with the word of God. You know, the devil will try to use the word on you. That's why we need to know what the word of God truly says. That's how Eve got screwed up because the devil came with just enough. And she didn't listen closely. Really, she was deceived, her husband... Her husband was right there when she ate that fruit. He could've he could have knocked it out of her hand and told her, Don't. He should have. He truly should have. But you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ came back and took it all back. Took all of it. Defeated the enemy. Made a show of him openly, triumphing over them in it. And gave back to us, those that are born again. All that Jesus stood for and did on this earth for us to do. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So let's look at some. uh, We know that Jesus Christ defeated the enemy, the devil, sin and death and delivered his people for all time. This wasn't just for one time. This is for all time. When you think about this, think of this is forever, permanently. It's all been done. It's all been taken care of. So we're going to look at a few others that um, I felt led to look at that had courage and that refused to give in but feared God? Let's look at when well, we looked at Joshua, let's look at Second Samuel 10:12. gonna read it all because it's not that much. We're gonna start with one. Later that later the king of the Amorites died and Hanan his son reigned in his stead. David and I David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, son of nah- nah- Nahash, as his father did to me. So David sent his servants to, to console him for his father's death, and they came into the land of the Ammonites. And the princes of the Ammonites said to Hanan, their Lord, do you think that it is because David honors you, your father, that he has sent comforters to you? Has he not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, spy it out, and overthrow it? Now we have to realize we live in a world where there are people that do not know God, have no idea about God, that are becoming more vulgar Every day. You know, that's all I can say about that parade on Washington. Not the Planned Parenthood one, but the one the week before. We are seeing vulgarity in this nation like we've never seen before. But the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Lord be. So we're getting to see what the days of Noah were like. Okay. Um. So Hanan took David's servants and shaved off half their beards and cut off their garments in the middle at their hips and sent them away. When it was told to David, he sent to meet them, for the men were utterly ashamed. And the king said, Tarry at Jericho until your beards are grown and then return. And the Ammonites, Ammonites saw that they had made themselves obnoxious and disgusting to David, they sent and hired the Syrians of Beth, and Joab, 20,000 foot soldiers, and the king of Machef, 1,000 men, and of Tob, 12,000 men. And when David heard it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. And the Ammonites came out and put that put the battle in array in the entrance of the gate where the Syrians and blah, 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 whatever. And Joab saw, verse 9, that the battlefront was against him before and behind. He picked some of the choice men of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the men Joab gave over Ashabai, his brother, that he might put them in array against the Ammonites. Joab said, if the Syrians are, are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the Amorites are too strong for you, I will come and help you. But uh, be of good cheer. Let Let us play the man for our people and the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. And Job and the other people who were with him drew near to battle against the Syrians and they fled before him. And when the Ammonites saw that the Syrians had fled. They also fled before Abishai and entered the city. So Joab returned from battling against the Ammonites and came to Jerusalem. When the Syrians saw that they were defeated by Israel, they gathered together. Hesedazer sent and brought the Syrians who were beyond the river Euphrates, and they came to Halem and Sobath commander of the army of Hadashat, leading them together. When David was told, he gathered all Israel, crossed the Jordan, and came to Helam. Then the Syrians set themselves in array against David and fought with him. The Syrians fled before Israel, and David slew of them the men of 700 chariots and 40,000 horsemen, and smote so captain of the army who died there. When all the kings serving Hadadazer saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them, so the Syrians were afraid to help the Amorites anymore. So we see that listening to the voice of God and doing what God says to do caused these people to fear them and knock it off. We'll just put it bluntly that way. Okay. We're going to go to First Chronicles 19:13. We we are. We go. The battle is the Lord's. No matter what the enemy's trying to do to you, the battle is the Lord's. And sometimes you need to tell him that. The battle is yours, God. Go out and get them. Deal with them. Here we go. Be of good courage and let us behave ourselves courageously for our people and for our cities of our God and may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Be of good courage. How many times have we heard Joshua, David, God kept saying, be of good courage, be of good courage, be of good courage. You know, God can turn this whole thing around in a day. How many know that? Nothing's impossible with him. We've seen some changes in a week. Chronicle First Chronicles twenty two thirteen. Hallelujah. David told Solomon He shall build. This was said. He shall build a house in my name, and the symbol of my my presence. He shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne over Israel. Now, my son, the Lord be with and prosper you in building the house of the Lord your God, as He has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding as you put in charge are put in charge of Israel, that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to keep and fulfill the statues and the ordinances with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and good courage. Dread not, fear not, and be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Dread not, fear not, be not dismayed. This is for all of us today. Dread, dread not. When you think of dread, what do you think of? You ever seen a person that really bugs you or, you know, in the flesh? Don't look at me like that. You all know I have one or two, maybe three, maybe. You kind of go, oh, no. Don't look at me like that. I know you all know what I'm talking about. You know? And you just you you, you can't, you Dread not don't dread something. you know if the enemy can get you to dread things, you know once you've been through once you've been through an experience, this is where dismay comes in. once you've been through an experience, your mind you've got to get that thing out of your mind. You've got to take the word, you've got to you've got to take authority over every thought that that tries to. It's like a bird in a nest it tries to root itself in there. Get it out of there, so that every time something looks like it's going to go the way it, the bad one went, the one that you yield to or whatever, you've got to get it out of there and and not dread it. You've got to say this is not this is not part of my life and it will not happen. And you start using the word against it. You know we've got to. Oh, it's a woman's phrase. You've got to put your shoulders back and say, listen, pull up your bootstraps or whatever and say, listen, I'm not going to take this and I'm not going to run and I'm going to stand up against this. And I will tell you and use the word of God and the enemy will run. He's afraid of you. He needs to be afraid of you. Instead of, of believers being fearful and dreading and whatever, They need to stand up and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of you openly, triumphing over you in it. Get out. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We are going to see things take place so fast that people's heads are spinning and they're going to try to lie about it and whatever. we got to get these people out of our country. Don't let them in. And take our country back for Jesus. And only God knows how to do that. How many realize that? God has already said, look at your dollar. In God we trust. Am I right? Pull it out. Pin one up somewhere. God's going to turn this thing around for us, church. I mean, Word of Faith churches—people have left for seeker-friendly churches, but they've stayed praying and speaking the word, and 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 just speaking the word, and not gotten off on weirdo stuff. Trust me, there's weirdo stuff out there. Ezra, ten four—that's a good one. How many have read Ezra lately? You to Ezra yet, honey? Not yet. When you get there, tell me where it is. I'm going to the front. Ezra's not a book I sit and read a lot. Wow. Come on, Ezra. Where are you? 640. What? 640. 2.40? 639. Six, I got it. 626. I <laughs> think. 639 you have a Bible like ours it's in 639 you can tell I don't read Ezra much just enough for this sermon right now come on Ezra how many would like to stand up and tell me all about Ezra (laughs) better know it because he's going to ask you if you read his book I read about him six thirty nine. Okay, Ezra. What did I say it was? Ezra ten four. Okay, arise. Let's go to ten one. And while Ezra prayed and made a confession, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there gathered to him out of Israel a very great assembly of men, women, and children, for the people were wept bitterly. And she can to son of Jehiel, one of the congregation, and the sons of Elam and Ezra, we have broken faith and dealt treacherously against our God and and have married foreign women of the peoples of the land yet now there is still hope for israel in spite of this thing let us make a covenant with our god to put away all the foreign wives and their children hmm according to the counsel of the lord and of those who tremble at the command of our god and let it be done according to the law arise for it is your duty and we are with you, be strong and behave and do it. Then Ezra arose and made the chiefs, the priests, the Levites, and all the Israel swear that they would do as had been said. So they took the oath. And Ezra came before the house of God and went into the lodging place of Jeroboam, son of Elzahib. For he mourned over the return exiles faithless and violating of God's law and proclaim and proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem to all the return exiles that they should assemble in Jerusalem. And what verse did I say? I passed it. They had done wickedly and they repented. They got rid of all their all all those foreign wives and gods and all that stuff. You gotta get it out. You gotta get it out. You know, stuff that's in your life, get it out. Sometimes it hurts to get junk out, but you've got to do it. Remember when Abraham, when he, Sarah brought the gal from Egypt, and then God had already talked to him, you're going to have a, you know, to have a child, da-da-da-da. His wife goes and talks him into going into her servant. That, is why we're in this fat old mess right now. And she saw what was going on when she had Isaac and she went to Abraham and said, get rid of her, get rid of her and get rid of her son, get rid of him now. And it hurt Abraham, but God said, do what she said. What always floored me, and this is where I really believe the problem came in, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm just saying me. He let him back in his life after Sarah died. If God said get rid of him, then get rid of him. If God says get rid of get rid of it, get rid of it. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? But later on when he started having more wives and having children and whatever, he let ishmael back in to his life what a mess but we shall overcome thank god israel is being protected all right let's move on we're almost done i think okay jesus is also the fulfillment of what david called the everlasting covenant in 2nd samuel 23 5 Go oh, there really quick. When I get in the old testament, some of the books I like to read are Samuel and Kings. Has God told you to get rid of anything? If He has, get rid of it. Truly does not my house stand. St- Truly does not my house stand so with God? For he has made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? God has promised to, have to prosper us. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Amen so here david's saying there's an everlasting covenant here in second samuel 7 12 to 13 when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers i will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and i will establish his kingdom you shall build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever there is no human figure Solomon, Hezekiah, Josiah, the greatest kings of Israel, lived the best 70 years. None of them had an eternal kingdom. This is Jesus Christ, the son of David, who is the king of above all kings and will live and reign forever. Number 4. Did I give you 4? I don't think you got 4. Um Four was the glory of David is not David at all. It's Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 16, 15 and 16, the last of number four. I know I'm jumping around. pastor's going to tell me you jumped around today. Matthew 16, 15 and 16. You need to understand. Jesus said, He said to them, But who do you yourselves say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, fortunate, And to be envied are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Men have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Number five. Sin can be horrible consequences, but sin can be forgiven. First and second Samuel show that sin can result in horrible consequences. Eli the priest failed to fear God, and his two sons are killed because of it. Saul failed to obey and honor God, and the kingdom is given to another man. But David's sin against Bathsheba shows the most vividly of all. When David takes Bathsheba and kills her husband Uriah, his sin in so many ways And the Lord is not silent or indifferent to them. In fact, he promised to bring the sword upon David's house. And that sword takes four of his sons. Such sobering consequences for sin meant to cause us to fear falling into sin. But there is forgiveness in life of David David as well. David should have been put to death for the two things he did, according to the word. But God... There was grace there for him. But there is forgiveness in the life of David as well. After Nathan the prophet confronts David for his sin, David confesses. Nathan then speaks the forgiveness of God in 2 Samuel 12, 13. The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Thank God, because of the blood of Jesus... Our sins have been put away. I've had um, I've had a lot of counseling outside of the church, which I usually don't do, but it's really sad. I had a woman that is a believer but does not really know the word, and she felt that God was mad at her because of her past sins somewhere, and he said no to her prayer. And I spent time counseling her and sharing with her what the Word of God says. Church, you have no idea how many Christians there are out there that really don't know what the Word of God says. And you need to be prepared, especially you soul winners, when you go out and minister to people. Listen to what they're saying to you so you can be helpful. So you can be a help. David's true repentance is matched by the Lord's forgiveness and in the end, God's forgiveness. And at the end, God's forgiveness far surpasses any consequences can only last for a lifetime. No, but forgiveness lasts forever. When we stand before God in the new heavens and the new earth, our sins and their aftermath will be behind us and only life and joy in the presence of a merciful Savior will be ahead. Such forgiveness is ours when we believe in Jesus Christ, the one who forever and completely takes our sins away. In Hebrews 10, 1 through 18, um, and I'm going to let you go there yourself, David's life teaches us not to take the glorious reality of God's mercy for granted. Let God be our highest priority. He has to be our highest priority. Our greatest passion. Our first allegiance. Our center and source and foundation and goal. Let's turn to Isaiah 12 too. I try to if I blow it we all blow it at times and I try to stop right then and not let it build up. I try I try to immediately ask God to forgive me right then and there. I don't I don't want it I don't want it around. So in Isaiah 12:2 Behold God, my salvation, I will trust you and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and strong. Yes, he has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, and by means of his name in solemn entreaty, So he's saying, therefore, with joy, will you draw water from the wells of salvation? How important is joy in your life? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, I think it's Jerry Seville had a sermon. If Satan can't steal your joy, he cannot steal your goods. And that's the truth. And we are carriers of joy. How many know that? It's easier to smile than frown. (laughs) I'd rather have the lines going up than the lines going down. Trust me. Praise God. So I hope you got out of that, that who you are in Christ. How you're forgiven. I mean, think of it. There's nothing, nothing between you and God because of the blood. And if you sin, stand on 1 John 1. I learned a lot from this sermon. part I learned was this week when the Lord said, start seeing the things in your future and don't look back at all. At all and start confessing things into the future this year, which you're expecting. There's so much out there. The, la- uh, the ladies' luncheon will not be next week. I think you got Terry's um, email. It will be the week after. I not know next week is Super Bowl Sunday, so... <laughs> um, It'll be the week after, and I hope all ladies that you will go. We're going to have a real good time. You have anything to say? Nothing? You have anything to add? Just make all your confessions right for the year. Make all your confessions right for the year. Positive. That's the truth. You know, it's easy. You can get along or you can fight. How many know that? It's much easier to just take your time. Don't speak out until you've really thought about something. And do I really need to say that? You know, that's wisdom from older people. Do I really need it is it worth is it worth saying will it will will it bring forth blessings to that person or is it something they're going to have to remember and deal with and That's something that every one of us can do so I'm going to pray over all of us for this week Go home and write out your list on, on what you're believing for this year. Put your put the word with it. I ask people on their tithe envelopes, I don't look at them, but write what you're believing for. Um, pastor gets them and he prays over them. Write what you're believing for. God will, God will, do what his words, if you, if you take the word as your source, he will complete it. He will cause it to come to pass. How many know that? And we've got to use the word more than ever in this time when we're in. We need to close our ears and use the word. Father, I just ask you to bless every person in this congregation, whether they're here today or not. I'm asking you, Father God, to touch them, prosper them, super abundantly above all that they could dare ask or think father as we look at david's life and how gracious you were with him father we know that we have a better covenant with you we know that you are working in every aspect and area of our life right now and whatever you've called us to do you will complete the work that you've begun in us We are more than conquerors, and I pray over these people that are here today. They are successful, they're prosperous, and they're healthy and whole, and they have the mind of Christ, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.